We are CEOs, executives, educators, and professionals from all sectors of society who support the global expansion of betterment in the world through joy and joyly. I'm your host, Cheryl Lynn, founder of the Chair of Joy Experience. Together, we have developed the World Council of Joy, and our council invites CEOs and innovators from impactful organizations to the Joyly podcast. We showcase how generous, bold, and fully engaged they are in their work and what a culture of joy is to them. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Cheryl Lynn again in Joyly Studios, and we have another fabulous guest today, a CEO named Brandon Newman. And I know all of our listening audience are very excited to hear, again, how people are showing up these days post-pandemic, if you will. I'm, I'm being optimistic about that. So welcome, Brandon. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. First of all, tell us where in the world you are, where you are today and a little bit about your firm. Well, we're lucky enough to be back in the office. Uh, we're based here in Draper, Utah. We like to call it the Silicon Slopes. Uh, it's a, it's a high-tech uh, environment here along the Wasatch Front, the Wasatch Mountains. A lot of skiing in my backyard, uh, but uh, now looking forward to a little bit of golf. Um, so uh, here in Utah, travel all over the U.S. for work, but uh, this is where we're based. So how did you come up with the idea for Sav Savant? It's uh, self-preservation. I just had a conversation with one of the largest health plans who's looking at our platform, and we got this chance to say the same story. <clears throat> but uh, another company that I had started, this is uh, you know uh, number seven or eight for me, uh, lucky enough to be able to have uh, an opportunity to start businesses and, uh, and, and succeed. The last business, we were having a number of clients that uh, needed uh, a special type of uh, service model. And, and the way that we were headed down, um, it, it forced us to have to run dozens of reports, analyze them, and we were starting to burn out in terms of a uh, number of people that had to manage reports in order to manage clients. So we developed something just internally for ourselves and, uh, and, and found out that it was something that the market wanted. So we started using it, the market found out about it the next day, I had a call from uh, you know, a very large uh, company that said, hey, that's something we've been trying to fix for a long time. Do you think that we can uh, find out where you bought it? And uh, I turned to my business partner and said, let's start one. Brilliant. And when was that? Uh, that happened in 2016. We brought it to market in 2017 in full-fledged. So tell me where you are now. What's going on client-wise? Are you, what's your, uh, what's the interest level during the pandemic? Those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, healthcare is kind of interesting. You don't really have a lot of uh, peaks and valleys in healthcare. People are sick are sick and they, they need their medications. They need their treatment. So analysis of that, which is what we do, uh, has been consistent through uh, COVID. Uh, we've been uh, blessed with a great set of team that we're able to, uh, you know, go remote, remote and continue to, to, to uh, you know, take care of customers and, and our product. <clears throat> but in terms of, uh, you know, what our clients are doing, we, we are a company that's grown uh, well over 100% year over year over year since we started. And, uh, you know, post-pandemic, at the end of the year last year, we had a number of investors that uh, came knocking and said, hey, we're very interested in the success that you are having. We'd like to uh, put a lump sum in together with uh, Zavant and, uh, and, and put a little fuel into the fire, if you will. And uh, overnight, we doubled our employees all during the pandemic. Um, <clears throat> shockingly, um, it's an utterly insane uh, move, but we did it. Uh, on the other side of that, we're looking at a five, six, seven hundred percent growth this year. Congratulations. 
it hasn't come without some headaches and uh, and certainly some late nights. But, uh, you know, we really strive for a culture here that says uh, we help one another. And I think that that's the one culture that has really made it, you know, successful. Well, we're going to talk a lot about that in just a little uh, a little bit, if you don't mind. But I'm my my mission is to really get people to understand who you are as an individual to have this kind of success during what others might consider the not best time in the world to be starting and expanding and doubling uh, employees. So um, we'll get to that in just a second. But based on everything you just said, what do you think the impact is for you right now? What is the thing that you are leaving people with that is the most powerful? <clears throat> Well, I think that there's twofold. <clears throat> I usually start with our team and then our clients. What are we leaving our team? What are we leaving our clients? <clears throat> we we strongly believe in an outward mindset, and that starts with ourselves. Uh, it says that uh, Susan, who's across the hall, <clears throat> has some goals, but we in corporate America have sort of come around to this idea that we have to focus on only our goals, not we as a as an entity. And so this outward mindset says. I can influence her and our entire team can influence Susan and vice versa, everybody's gonna support what I'm doing. And that it's a sort of this kindergartner-like uh, approach, but it, what we learned early on in our, our evolution of life, um, really, we, we gotta get back to, and it, it's really been a, a really a godsend for us to be able to say, enough with the individual goals, Let's focus in on each other. How do we support one another? And before you know it, every individual has a team of uh, 30, 40, 50 other people supporting them and vice versa. And uh, it, it really empowers the team. It empowers them to say, hey, I'm looking at a particular situation. I'm going to go ahead and make a decision on the benefit of, of everybody else. And uh, we don't judge them for that. We don't say we don't do it as long as we have our, you know, our guard rails of quality and, and security. Go for it. And, and trust them to make that decision. And uh, before you know it, you end up having, I, I hate to even call it a CEO, but you end up having you know, 30, 40, 50 different CEOs running your business and uh, you know, on that front. On the other side, the same occurs with our clients. And so if you call any one of our clients, what you're gonna hear from them is, Zavant trusts us. If, if we call them and say, hey, I have a problem, they're not gonna get offended. They're gonna say, hey, how can I help you? And, and that sort of, dynamic of going down this partnership together with our client that they trust us, we become truly a partner and a consultant and, and someone they can trust. And it has allowed us to, to go from, you know, a little bit of penetration within a large client to a much, much larger penetration in developing this trust. So in, in a world where 71% of people are disengaged in work and 50% are looking for a job while they're at work, um, what would you say about your engagement level at your company? Are they showing up? Are you feeling like you need to chase them down? What's going on? Well, based, on everything, based on everything you just said, I'm super impressed, but I wanted to ask anyway. It, it's, uh, you know, one thing I don't do is I don't try to brag about anything that's going on. So a little bit of, uh, you know, uncomfortableness talking about it. We do a, a, an employee survey. It's uh, a bit engagement. It's satisfaction. It's uh, overall, you know, are you feeling empowered to, to uh, you know, make decisions and to run your, your part of the business. Uh, for two consecutive surveys of this, we've had 100% uh, employee satisfaction and engagement. It's not something I take lightly. Uh, during that process, we certainly have uh, uh, you know, had uh, you know, one or two employees move on. Sometimes it doesn't always make sense, uh, but 
based upon who is here, they are saying we are happy. We, we, again, as it goes back to this, this notion that you have to trust and you have to empower. And when you do, and they feel like they are responsible, not only are they working hard, but they're also, you know, feeling like they're appreciated and, and they feel like they, they mean something. They're not just someone underneath the empire of the CEO. Uh, the CEO is just one of the, you know, one of the people that have a job to do. And, and I think that that's what we're really striving for. You, you check so many boxes in what my work is that I can't even tell you right now. It's just ridiculous. So thank you for being who you are. Um, how many employees do you have? Right now, 35. And I say 35 with a tongue in cheek because uh, I know there's a number of others about to be hired and, and coming on board. By the end of the year, we should be about 65. That's just wonderful. I bet... Um, I bet if I asked a lot of them, which is a lot of what we do, is ask your team about you, that they would have some pretty incredible things to say. So I appreciate that you're being who you are. So that's my next question is, who are you um, that you get to be? And I just, I'm going to call it joy. There's a difference between happy and joy in my world. Happy is kind of something if, you, if you're feeling sad or you've got some fear going on, you might buy a car and then the car breaks and then you're not happy anymore. So joy is kind of more of a sustained. So for our conversational purposes, I'm going to ask you about joy. So who is it that you get to be this a joyful human being and really just permeate that through your entire organization? Well, listen, uh, I, it hasn't come without a lot of, uh, you know, trial and error. Um, you know, I, I recently did an interview where they asked, you know, what's your secret success? And I said, hey, straight up, it's failure. Failure is my secret to success. And Michael Jordan said it best when it said, Hey, I, I fail every day so that I can succeed, or some variation of that statement. And although I'm a product of the '80s, and I, I, you know, followed him everywhere I went. I even stuck my tongue out when I played ba uh, basketball. I really caught hold that if I uh, learn where I fail, then I'm going to know where to succeed. And and uh, embracing that, embracing the broken, is absolutely something that that I feel not only you know, contributes to an organization and, and success to say, it's okay to be broken. You can't be perfect in everything. Be, get over it, you know, find it, and then continue to find ways to improve upon that. But it's grounded me in to say, hey, <clears throat> that joy says, I'm okay. You know, I'm not hitting every metric, calling a, an investor and say, yeah, I know that you wanted this. Uh, we worked hard, but guess what we also found in that process? In that process of failure, we found five other products that we didn't know we had. And now if someone wants to pay 10 times that amount, that's what we're discovering this year alone. So the joy isn't so much. And I will say this, the joy is not in the destination. Um, I've, I've had plenty of exits out of very successful businesses. And what I've learned is, unfortunately, is I thought at the end of that trail, um, I would have this this massive amount of joy to look in that bank account and see a bunch of zeros uh, followed after some number and I would be happy. And in reality, it just, it didn't do anything for me. I just looked at it and, you know, sure we went on a vacation or two and we bought a few things, but what we found out is that journey getting there was the absolute best part of getting there. And which is why I'm sure the serial entrepreneurs say, Let's keep going. Why exit, retire, and leave? Let's keep the journey going so that we can continue to be happy or joyful. So what would you say um, 
this is kind of the same question, but I'm going to ask it in two different ways. So maybe I will get a clear answer because it's different words for different people. But joy is, to me, the ultimate destination. It's the one thing that we all yearn for. We all have different ways and paths and careers, and we're all getting to more joy. So if you were to kind of give me a legacy or your joyful goal, the thing that you want to be remembered for, do you have something you might say to that? Yeah. Um, if I... If I have one thing that I'm remembered for, it's that I didn't stay at the work. I didn't go to my office. I went home and I spent time with my family. Uh, at the end of the day, we all have a purpose. We all have a reason for doing what we do. Uh, and if we don't keep that in mind before you know it, you won't have one. And so, you know, that joy for me says I work really hard. And it's part of the values that we have here that says work really hard until you're done. Put in eight, put in nine, whatever the hours that you think you need to put in but put it away and go home and go spend time with the people that are part of your life. And it's not just your family. It's not just your friends. It's your entire community. And that joy says, I'm an integrated part of the community that, that gives and shares uh, and receives joy together. So, you know, if, if I get a plaque at the end of my life, it'll say, he's a family man, not, uh, not a CEO. I love that. I love that. I love that. And I think that your your impact in all 35 of those employees and their families and children and grandchildren is probably permeating so far beyond you don't even really realize. So, wow. That's the hope. That is the hope. Congratulations. That's huge. So I know you told me that failure, you would contribute failure to the reason for your joyful demeanor. I'm just curious if there's a human being that enters into the picture there as far as somebody who was most impactful around joy? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there, there's a number of people in, in terms of those that have impacted my um, my joy. I um, uh, Candidly, there, 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 you know, there's points in your life where you, you, you can decide to give up. And um, if I'm being candid, that happened for me about six years ago. Uh, you know, <clears throat> a number of different scenarios, health conditions, all that sort of, uh, you know, I was faced with. And I, I was kind of at that point of saying, why, why am I after this? Why do I fight? Why do I, why do I keep doing this? And uh, <clears throat> there were about four people that uh, immediately saw the change in that joy in my life and, uh, you know, stepped in. And, it, you know, when I, when I talk about it, it brings me a lot of joy, but a little bit of, uh, you know, <clears throat> little tear every once in a while that said that they cared enough to see and watch the, the joy change in my life. And they, they, they didn't say go change. They just said, what can I do to support you? What, what um, you know, let's go spend some time at lunch. Let, you know, it's just time, just time spent. So really close friends, uh, uh, an incredible supportive wife who just listens. Um, those, those are some of the people that made a massive impact in my life. Have you ever dropped your phone on the floor, on your face, or in some other embarrassing place? Don't you wish there was something you could attach to your phone case that would help you hold your phone so you don't have to, or at least as much? Introducing Steady Straps, a comfortable, adjustable, strong, elastic strap with 100% Velcro brand closures that helps you hold your phone more securely without dropping it and use it easier and faster, especially one-handed. It's the only smartphone grip accessory without adhesives, and it's 100% wireless charging ready without having to remove or adjust it first. Check us out at SteadyStraps.com and order some today. That's really incredible. You're so, you're so centered. It's very calm and you really seem clear to me. That's really great. 
Well, when you get broken, and I, I don't want to encourage everybody to go get broken, but um, <clears throat> there, there is a, a process that you go through that you stop worrying about a lot of things and uh, you start embracing the things that uh, really matter um, and, and just tossing the stuff that just, you know, it's just noise in your life. So I'm trying. I, I don't want to say that <clears throat> I'm there. Um, <clears throat> as soon as I say that, I think that I'll stop being happy. I'm wondering if I could take you through a little bit of that share of joy process that I just told you. I met with uh, Chantel Krebs, who's the CEO of Miss America, Jeffrey Hazlett, who's the CEO, past uh, foreman, uh, CMO of Kodak. Um, but I just, I think it's something I, I find people have a great value with. And so I'd love to share a little bit of it with you so our audience can hear you go through the process. That sounds great. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, young lady, Cheryl, but sounds great. <laughs> let's, so, let's hear it. <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. The whole idea that I, when I purchased the chair, it was just to show people that the more you sit still, the more you focus on family and those joyful experiences and all the thing that you're just referring to, the more zeros, the more, you know, maybe weight loss or the more, you know, opportunities show up in your life. So running so fast is not the answer. And you've already said that. So this is the process that I learned and then that we take people through. So just put your feet on the ground. And um, the first thing there is just to go like, damn, my feet are on the ground. The ground never moves. When I wake up in the morning, I put my feet on the ground and I can trust that it's always there. It's solid. So for stillness, if you can feel your feet on the ground, actually for 10 seconds, you've arrived at this presence or the stillness where all the inspiration and all the opportunity and all the problem solving is coming. So just feel your feet on the ground and I'm going to be quiet for just a second. Um, your toes, your socks, wiggle your toes a little bit, but just focus on your feet on the ground. Your feet are on the ground. And then just look around, like look around at your whiteboard and everything that's in your room. Take appreciation for the fact that, you know, damn, I built all this. And then also listen, maybe there's a fan, you know, or there's, I got a little wind going outside my window right now, but just taking that little bit of time and getting real present, it's like a bowl. I always say it's a receptacle that's upside down. If you, if nothing can get in, there's no inspiration, no more opportunity coming in. But if you're opening it up and letting it in, that comes in silence. So, and then from there, just take a deep breath. And I ask you to give me one joyful moment in your life, something we haven't already talked about, but one thing where you kind of had it all click in, everything was all together. If you could describe that to me, I would love that. I, I have, uh, a, you know, a deep love for my family and, uh, you know, immediately I go to the experiences that I get. Um, and I, I hate to mention one kid over another, I have five children, um, oh. one, one's 20 all the way down to nine. And, uh, you know, I wasn't quite sure on, on five, my wife was, and, and, uh, I finally let go. And it was one of the, the biggest chaotic, uh, ungrounded decisions that, that I'd made, but I did it based on a trust and a, and a good wife saying, hey, I, I want five. Um, in walks uh, the, the true love of my life, my, my youngest daughter, who has you know, me wrapped around her finger. And uh, the true joy that, that I've, I'm going to say, you know, with my feet on the ground, grounded, what comes to mind is every single day, wherever she's at, and I'm talking down the street, around the park, as soon as she hears my car, which is a loud V8 engine, um, she runs and she runs and she runs. She finds me, she gives me a hug and just says, you are the favorite person, my favorite person. And oh my gosh. That, that, you know, says, A, stop going to work endlessly because you need that in your life. And, and having somebody that would just 
willfully uh, let go of everything and trust you uh, inherently says you've done something right to deserve it, um, but you're doing a few things right to, to continue to have that happen. And she'll change. I'm sure she'll change and, and not run home when she's 16, 17. And, but um, the, the relationship that I spend with her and each of my boys and my oldest daughter who lives in Hawaii don't get to see her as often, but um, that, that, that is true cherished joy for me. Beautiful, beautiful. We're going to do it one more time. Deep breath in. Another place, another time, maybe a festival, people, maybe it's business. Who knows? One more little experience that you just were clicking. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, in terms of people, I, I think of the last, um, again, with COVID and, and everything, we did have a lot of people go home and work. We still have a couple people coming to the office. Um, we had a, a unique situation where our employees said, because we are an employee-run company, they said, listen, there's a lot of people suffering due to the coronavirus. People lost jobs. People don't have food. We want to, you know, we want to do something special. Uh, it wasn't led by operations or the CEO. It was just naturally came about. And they said, we want to raise some money. We want to raise, uh, collect some food, get a whole bunch of, uh, you know, uh, of materials and, and goods and stuff, uh, bring them all together, pack them together, and we want to go uh, support three or four or five local um, uh, places that would support people in need. Uh, a month later, uh, I thought it might be a few packages here and there. You know, we're talking 35 people, of which a number of people live remote. Our entire conference room was uh, was packed with food, with uh, materials, goods, and and. Um, I, I candidly, it just brought a tear to my eye. It just, you know, looking at that saying, again, we're doing this for something else. And, and we gain something by doing that, even though we do have beautiful jobs and we do have a house and, 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 and food, but we gain something by, by connecting ourselves with people that don't, because eventually we're going to be in need as well. So truly that would be the, 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 again, together with people joyful in service is where I find it. Awesome. So just to put a bow on this, if you could take the moment with your daughter running up and hugging you and kind of letting that resonate through your body and then the, the conference room full of food pantry or food and those two moments kind of just being inside and then connect with one word, if you could. What's the essence of those two events? <clears throat> one I mean, word. The only word I get is love. It's just love. Pure, okay. pure love. Um, so a very successful, the point of that whole event is that the most CEOs do not get love and AKA for you, love is joy and joy is love to run a company, a successful company. So if you could speak to CEOs, what would you say about love and joy? <clears throat> Don't be afraid to love your employees. It, it, it seems like it's a, a, a term that you, you shouldn't embrace. Maybe HR thinks, you, you know, love isn't a place for it, but we say it is a-okay. Uh, and love, love doesn't mean romantic. Love means uh, thick and thin. It means uh, I'm going to yell one second and then I'm going to cry the next. Don't be afraid to cry. Don't be afraid to be emotional or to, to express uh, appreciation in a way that, you know, everyone else says, it seems weird that you're doing those things. I embrace the weird because we're, we're humans. We're, we're at this together. And if we're just putting this up on a pedestal so that we can somehow, you know, magically do something successful, well, you know, we, we weren't a human through that process. So I, I would say 100%, just in, embrace your brokenness. Uh, that's a, something that I say almost every day. 
uh, and, and trust your people to do exactly what they are trained and, and capable of doing. That's interesting. I've talked a lot about brokenness in my life too. So I appreciate you saying that. It's different for everybody. For me, my brother broke my nose when I was eight, right? So there's always a level, maybe it's, you know, some other disfigurement or disability or bullying. There's always some brokenness, but I really appreciate you calling attention to that. So um, for me, love and joy is the KPI. That's the measurable uh, tool for all other KPIs. So I'm curious, I, I, I prepped you a little bit and I'm wondering what your most important KPI is and how do you prepare for that? How do you measure it? <clears throat> yeah, I, I wish I could uh, measure love. I can measure joy. I wish I could do that. I literally had some document out here just a second ago that has you know our actual KPIs on them. <clears throat> Sales, marketing, ops, quality, security, those things all matter. Um, ultimately, the, the number that I'm most proud of and the one that we focus on very the, the very most is, is uh, you know, overall satisfaction of employees and, and clients. Uh, at the end of the day, what that means it says, I am happy, right? That, that I'm, I'm okay, I'm settled with where I'm at. It may be chaotic at times, but satisfaction sometimes doesn't really describe the full story. It says, I'm satisfied enough that I'm okay with the, the chaos, the difficulty, maybe sometimes a, a, a you know high stress environment, but I am perfectly grounded in that and I, I wanna go head forward into it and that I am joyfully doing those sorts of things. And so saying, you know, 100% satisfaction, it, it, you, you gotta sort of break that apart to say, what, what are we really you know, into? What, what does that mean? What, what makes up part of that, that stat? But that's the one that we look at the very most and care the very most about because I always say people before profits, and if you, you truly embrace your people, you embrace your clients as people, they are people that are dealing with issues, and you're here to try to help them. Yes, you make money from it, but if you're focused on them first, profits always follow, and I, I don't ever follow the profit. I'm super curious if you would be able to pro 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 project or predict for me how many CEOs have that mentality in the world. I know everyone's different and I know there's, you know, that, that I just curious if you could speak to that sort of generally. I've been a CEO a number of times over, right? And I, I can honestly say this was not me. I was, uh, you know, a different human being that, um, you know, had different problems, different issues and, and different makeup. And, um, you know, after going through various challenges, failures uh, and, and wins, um, I, I think that I land here. So if I'm sort of taking me as the collective CEO, um, <laughs> it took me, you know, a solid five, six, seven, really seven businesses before I said, okay, this is what it's really about. And I'm sure it'll change again, but I, I really don't have a, a passion to change again. I really love what I'm doing now. So I, you know, I, not a hundred percent, I can tell you that and it's probably under 50%, but uh, I think those that um, force themselves to fail and mm -hmm. I, uh, I think find that sooner versus later. Thank you for that. I agree with you. And your mantra, if we could start back and come full circle, is to help one another. So could you, do you have a success story that you might share with me based on the fact that, that your team, not just you, but everyone is collaborative working, collaboratively working together to help one another? Yeah, I mean, my, my story on that is probably less about helping one another, but ensuring that we don't disrupt that culture. And, um, you know, the, the, the example I use is that on paper, there was uh, an employee that we needed to, we needed to fill a spot. And I come across somebody highly recommended, um, you know, the, the 
absolute epitome of, of success uh, in that position. And I recommended that to our director of client success and said, for sure, this person is the top of the heap. <clears throat> she spent uh, three interviews going through that, that, that individual. And uh, every time she came back, and uh, it kind of frustrated me the first time she came back with it, <clears throat> but said she does not fit our culture. And I said, but she's amazing. Look at all the, you know, her numbers, look at her experience. And she said, do you want numbers or do you want, you know, do you want a team that, that gels together, that grows? And, and do you want to piss off a whole lot of employees? Because that's what she will do. And I'm sort of using that as an example, because what she said is she will 100% get the job done. She will work her ass off until you know we we cover everything that we need to do and, and all of her numbers will be perfect what she said was and th this is stuck with me and i'll, I'll her name Laura phillips and meaning my employee told me brandon we're not doing this and and that's that's really the the you know the outward mindset that says you can't achieve greatness by destroying people in your path you have to lift people as you go through and help others as you go through it. Even if you don't achieve as much greatness, collectively uh, as a whole, you will be a lot, lot, lot more great. A lot, lot more great. That's what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> We're all trying to grow up. Yeah. Well, that's pretty incredible that, that you were able to listen and hear that and make a decision based on what you've hired them to do. So that's, that's pretty, that's incredible. All right. Well, last question, I think um, maybe just your takeaway from this interview from the chair of joy experience that you went through and anything else you'd like to leave with our CEOs. This is the most refreshing podcast. And I got the privilege of being here first and foremost to hear people talking about things that I'm passionate about. I didn't know quite candidly that this level of conversation existed. And so uh, sincerely, sincerely, I'm a uh, convert to uh, Joyly. I think that this is the, the right path that we all ought to be in, uh, really embracing. Uh, find that, that joy, whatever that pathway is, because I was truly, truly last 30 minutes visiting with you. Um, I feel like a, you know, a, a better person as a result. Good. Well, I would love to ask you to sit in your chair of joy uh, a little more often, you know, celebrate the fact, um, you know, that you're on the path of doing the right things. I think sometimes we do it and we don't even realize how our level of impact is affecting our teams and our clients and thousands of other people that are in their circles. I mean, that whole food pantry thing. I mean, I'm just so blown away by that. And congratulations again. So thank you for being with us today, Brandon. It was an absolute pleasure and I'm just as much interested in watching this back and learning from you. So you, you had a lot of great things to say. Thank you and I look forward to many in the future watching others uh, go through the, the seat. Thank you. This show has been produced by Market Domination LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.